0: The Toddcast Podcast. Follow on Instagram and Twitter at Toddcast Podcast. Hello?
1: Joey. Hey. Hey, dude. It's Todd it's Hancock in, uh, in Vancouver. Hey, Todd. How you doing? Good, man. hurry? are yeah. you? Cool, man. Well, thank you for uh, taking some time here to join us in Vancouver, Canada
0: anytime for a van <laughs> right
1: on, love yeah. that place love yeah. you guys well we're looking forward to seeing you back in the city at the rickshaw theater september 28th with uh, face to face that's gonna be a great show
0: yeah i'm stoked man it should be good i it's funny it's like i don't know if i've been to rickshaw i'm really, i'm trying you to imagine you it guys have
1: been there it's right at the corner of uh like Maine and hastings uh, okay. It is a little theater. I mean, it's like it's literally. A, I think it used to be a movie theater. And, uh-huh. uh Okay. Cool. It's cool, man. It's a really cool venue. How's it sound? Sounds awesome. That's all that matters. Yeah, dude. No, Does yeah. It, of course, the sound that,
0: is. Yeah. That's key. right. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh no! It's so funny. It's like no one ever asked that. What's it look like? Is it cool? It's like oh, I was just go. <laughs> What's it sound like? <laughs> Look. Yeah, because it's music, and it's just so right. funny. There's so many places you play, and they're like, oh this great little theater and then you show up and you're like yeah because when this was built they didn't even amplify things man totally. they just had a bunch of people coming up with stringed instruments and it sounded great and now like the punk band gets on stage or whatever and it's all i can't tell what i'm listening to i'm in pain <laughs> totally my head hurts let's leave before i vomit <laughs> you know that's I mean? awesome
1: yeah yeah, uh, Joey. I was hoping to uh, go back to the beginning, like before you were even in bands, to start this uh, this chat. I'm I'm sure. I'm wondering sure. what 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 was the music in the Cape House? You know, as a kid growing up, what are the bands your parents are playing?
0: Well, my mom was a big fan of the sort of singer songwriter genre. You know, women and men uh, like Simon and Garfunkel, Men, Ronstadt. Mm-hmm. Um, Prudence, Clearwater, Revival, The Beatles, of course. Uh all sorts of female singers like Carly Simon and Carol King and that stuff was just being played on a regular basis in my house or in you know, on cassette in the car or something later. Uh my father listened to a lot of classical music. Oh no so my father left he left when I was really young, so that just maybe Left a little mark, you know. I, I, it's in there somewhere, you know. Yeah, but the singer songwriter thing kind of prevailed. And I think after my dad split in the 70s, I'm, I imagine my mom, I just speculate a little because she can't remember exactly what went on, but I imagine that that sort of ramped up because you know, if, you know what, I mean, those songs are sad, a lot of them, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I think I don't know that got in my blood really early. And I still love that stuff. I love to put on all of it. You know, I, I yeah. have a big vinyl collection and I listen to a lot of that stuff still.
1: Well, it's almost, uh, at that point, it'd be comfort music, I, I would imagine.
0: Totally. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. So, who do you credit then, you know? who, who do you credit then for, you know, the punk path?
0: Well, sometimes I credit one guy, this guy, Matt Davis, who, uh, I was, I was a drummer and it was, I'm in eighth grade Our eighth grade, and I'm playing Caroline Farrell's birthday party with this cover band uh, made up of some dudes that I knew. And uh, we're playing for her 16th birthday party. It was like 1980. (laughs) Yeah. And Matt is one of like a handful of punks in our little town, and he shows up with his little entourage. Um,. And you know, those dudes were kinda scary when I was fourteen. And uh and he c- he comes up to me after this show and he goes, Hey man, you going to high school next year? I'm like, yeah and he goes, You're gonna be in my band and I'm like, Okay, don't beat me up <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <Awesome. laughs> so I'm scared. I'll be there. Yeah. But I had already heard, I think, you know, at that point, of course, I heard like Dead Kennedys and Sex Pistols and the Ramones. And I liked that stuff already, but I was into metal too. And I, you know, and then it just, it's like natural progression stuff to go from hard rock and metal and, you know, that heavy stuff that kids like. When you hear punk rock and you mix it with Ronald Reagan and pretty easy to identify with. And the first love for me was like the LA punk stuff, but I started hanging out with those guys right. right when I went into high school, and then I stopped going to school and I started doing drugs and started listening to punk rock and going to punk rock shows and did all the fun stuff that you're supposed to you do, do. Yeah. You know The rite of passage, <laughs> yeah, of
1: course. So, which which bands then were the first to really grab a hold of you?
0: Black Flag, Circle Jerks, you know, all the LA bands, Shattered Faith, um, just a uh, anything, the, the Los Angeles stuff and the OC stuff, everything like that, I really connected to immediately. And it was like, just made sense to me, but I like the British bands too. And, and, um, you know, uh, it, it didn't take long until the Ramones kind of seemed like the Bible to me, like mm-hmm. made the most sense because it was so simple and just, just, I like to off music and, uh, but, yeah, it, originally it was like the LA stuff, you know. Right. Um, just those first records by those first, you know, LA, like beginning of the 80s, late 70s, but beginning of the 80s predominantly. The first X record, the first Black Flag record, the first Circle Dirks record. Like, those records were the records, you know, that we were all listening to. With yeah. the use? Yeah. And, know, there's so many of them. Shauna White.
1: And what was your first concert that you
0: attended? How old were you? The first, well, the first concert I attended doesn't really count. I mean, my parents <laughs> took me when I was like seven to see a, a singer, uh, a lesbian singer-activist named Holly Near. Okay. who was terrible. I mean, I tried over the years to buy her records and get it. They like, there must be something other than the politics, you know, and, and the women's live, which is rad. I mean, it's cool. She was, she was awesome, but her music sucks. It's terrible. Uh, and yeah, I don't even remember the show. I think I got chicken pox, you know, yeah, that was like well, kids all got that back then. And I, I, I got it like the day of the thing. So I was like, I had a fever and, I don't remember the first show. I remember my first punk show, though. Mm-hmm. It was X, the band X, and I can't remember the other band. I have to look it up again. But uh, it was at a place called the Starwood in Los Angeles, and I had to sneak out of the house to go. <laughs> I'd sneak out of my, my window, and I'd go out through, or i sneak out through the garage, and then I'd go out this back door, which is the opposite end of, like, a, you know, a, uh, my parents' house. Then I'd have to, like, sneak out of the driveway, run down the street about two blocks and get picked up by a friend. Right. And I think it was this guy, Pike, picked me up, and we drove down to L.A., which was like an hour and a half, and went to the show. Really weird, you know? Experiences, and then sneak back in at three in the morning. Right, that kind of thing. I did that for a long time. Tons of shows, yeah, months and months. The yeah, right months of of shows. yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until until like I got expelled from school and all this other bad shit happened. I kind of had to come clean right. with my folks, you know.
1: <laughs> awesome. Uh, new lag wagon is out on the fourth of October. This is your first record in what five years. You're, yeah. you're three decades in, does it get any easier to write and record songs?
0: I mean, yes and no. Uh, this record was difficult but short. You know, I we had scheduled the the time to record the album and I was, when we, did, when we scheduled it, I was just wrapping up my last solo album Let Me Never really Give Up and uh, I had been working on that for a long time. <clears throat> and then, there was a, a, a few issues that, and that thing got kind of delayed and didn't really get wrapped up until about six minutes later than it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I only had like three weeks to really get my shit together with Black Wagon. And we we decided to just go for it and keep the, you know, the dates on the books, you know, because we had like tours we were working on, like, you know, we really kind of had a plan, um, and so it was funny. I, I, w- I was sitting there for like 18 hours a day in front of a con, you know, in a studio, with a click track and a guitar direct input in my hand, just going, "Well, I like this riff. I got like, you know, just kind of ripping stuff together and going, this sounds like Roger and um and I think I just finally got to a point where I've been writing and writing and writing
2: for so long.
0: <clears throat> but it, i mean i don't want to jinx it but it came really naturally and i really love the record like it just kind of came together and little joe our bass player wrote a few tunes for the record and his songs are awesome they just just sound really routine for our band and mm-hmm. um yeah i'm stoked on the record i think it just came out really great but it was kind of miraculous mm-hmm. sometimes,
1: uh, sometimes it happens like i that mean though,
0: right? The, the songwriting thing is really uh, twofold, though. I mean, it, you, it, in some ways, it gets easier and easier to do it because you know who you are and you know totally. what gets you what, what gets you off, you know. So it's like sex or something. I mean, you know what to do. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you you become bored with the things you've done, and you become more hypercritical, and hyperanalytical, and yeah. So it's like you know everything can very easily become sort of like uh yeah i've done this before this is trite this is boring mm-hmm. so it's tricky it's tricky but um yeah i i don't know it, it's really hit and miss like some records that i work on i struggle with and they take years and then in the end i'm like oh it's pretty good other times you buy a record in two weeks and you're like i love this mm-hmm. So maybe the key is not worrying about it so much, but <laughs> totally. that's hard, that's hard to do. You
1: know? <laughs> no kidding. All right. Uh, yeah. You know, when I mentioned that uh, on social media that you're coming on to be a guest, lots of lag wagon uh, fan questions. So let's dive into those. Um, cool. Mike is wondering, what are you currently
0: binge watching? Um, well, I, I, I'm, I'm in a little gap because I just finished the new season of Mindhunter on Netflix. Which, I fucking love. I love, love, love that show. You know, it's a, it's about the uh, development in forensic science in, in, uh, and um, the understanding of serial killers. It takes place in the 70s. There's been two seasons so far. Mm-hmm. It's very well written. It's really smart. I loved it. The first season's great. They actually have... It's based on facts, you know. It's not fiction. Um, I imagine a little bit of it is, but they have real serial killers in the show, played by actors, and mm-hmm. they nail the period. and I don't know. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I like yeah. the macabre stuff. Yeah. But um, I just finished up that, and then I dived into another more lighthearted thing called Limitless, which is based on that Bradley Cooper movie, introduced by him, and it was a one season kind of fail. Mm. But uh, Jennifer. Carpenter, who was in Dexter, who played Dexter's sister in that series, okay. is the star. And it's, you know, it's about this NDT drug that gives you superpower brain. It allows you to utilize your whole brain. I mean, it's science fiction, but it's pretty cool. It wasn't that good, actually. But Mindhunter was awesome. Mm. And then last night, you know, like I do this thing. It's sort of a ritual. I either, It used to be every night I'd read before I went to bed because it helped me sleep. But now I'm in this. I guess I'm kind of getting hooked on, you know, just pulling up Netflix or Amazon Prime and watching series. Oh, I finished The Boys a little while ago, that Amazon Prime, um, you know, superhero comic-y kind of series, and that was great.
1: That was good, yeah. yeah, It was awesome.
0: Um, yeah, that's it. I mean, right now, I don't know. Any suggestions? Oh. Uh, I guess they can't answer. They can't answer me, can they? <laughs> <laughs> Not what do you, think? What do you say, me, Mike? Uh, my dog.
1: <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, well, let's stay on superheroes. Uh, Troy uh, is curious. Who's your favorite superhero and your su- superhero movie?
0: Oh, that's impossible, though. You know, I think people who have a favorite superhero might be just getting a little too into it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, awesome. I mean, that sounds kind of uncool, but uh, I mean, I guess if I had to pick out
1: tough call man holy crap how do you pick that
0: i know it's impossible
1: it's impossible because
0: there's different eras in your life totally you know what i mean and when you were a little kid it was probably batman or something or or, you
1: with the you know the Uh, 70s animated series was freaking amazing
0: exactly yeah and then everything evolved and evolved and, and then all those marvel movies started getting so incredible and of course you're like yeah Fucking Iron Man, Iron Man, it's badass. That, that first like, Iron Man was know, like,
1: fucking set the
0: bar much? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know how to answer that question.
1: All right, well, let me hit you with this one then. Wh- which superpower would you want to have?
0: Oh, man. <laughs> Isn't that the question? And, uh, was it like Shazam, that kind of lighthearted one a couple of years ago?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I and mean, then it often becomes the thing. Is it invisibility or, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. yeah, but... Um, you know, it's funny. I guess I never think about these things. Yeah. what's yours? can I ask Oof, you? Super, have one? My super, uh, I would want
1: teleportation. Yeah. That'd be I think
0: time amazing. Time travel, time travel would yeah. be pretty kick ass.
1: Yeah. Go back to like the, the Westerns.
0: I mean, if you could travel through time and space, if you could do that, um, mm. uh, you could become sort of an all-knowing thing, but it would be really lonely. Yeah. I feel like every single superpower, when you pick one, has something that bites you. You know what I mean? It's, it's like all of them have a kind of karma.
2: Yeah, totally. <laughs>
0: like, like, you're going to pay for that shit. It's yeah. a really hard question. Yeah, I mean, you can think about that for a lifetime. That's like That's a philosophical question. Oh, totally.
1: That's a like, yeah. huge wormhole, yeah. Uh, do you believe aliens have visited Earth?
0: I don't know that they've visited Earth in, in the form of uh, bodies, you know, uh, but I think that biologically speaking it's, it stands to reason. And I think that, you know, statistically it's pretty clear that it's more likely that there are, you know, alien aliens forms uh than than not than by not, yeah of course by no by the billions you know of of, of percentage and statistics and i so it's likely i mean humans have only been around for like nine years and you know i developed mm-hmm. this kind of life form. i that's one of those questions. It's like, you're kind of an idiot if you say no, and you're kind of an idiot if, if you, you say, say yes. yes you know? totally.
1: Yeah. All right. Dave writes, and I'm, I'm curious about this as well. What did you think of the Motley Crew movie? Did you even watch it?
0: I didn't watch it, and I'll tell you why. Because, uh, first of all, I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah. I have this thing about these, like, 80s metal bands that are like, they were just like, yeah, they were so wild doing all this thing. Have you ever noticed, I mean, there used to be that show Behind the Music on, on VH1, yeah. and the directors and the editors would edit it and direct it in a way, and the stories of these books, they tell the story in a way where it's like, this has to like parallel the last story like this. Right. So in other words, this band has to sort of, I hate the word Trump now, but it has to trump the last, you know, wild rock and roll band, you know, like they did heroin, they did this, they did that, big fucking deal. Like so did my band and so did every band that I, you know. Totally. These kind of stories of destroying hotel rooms are sort of, they were cool when like Keith Moon did it from the Who, you know, but it's so dumb and, and just, you know, they're dogging shit and, you know, getting high and drunk. It's like, duh. That's what you do of in
1: a band. <laughs> Come on.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what you do when you're a kid. Like totally. It's not exciting to me. So I remember people saying, "Yeah, the book, the dirt, it's pretty rad." And I was like, eh, okay, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good with like James Bond stories. Those, those are good. Or Miles Davis, like this, these kind of back when it was like really sketchy to like shoot a gun in public. You know, right. like some of the things these guys did. Those stories are cool because. Relatively, they're interesting, but these, you know, spoiled, dumb, uninformed, like sunset strip rocker guys that are like, yeah, you know, I I just find them. If anything, it's a comedy. But I also heard from friends of mine that really dug that book that the movie was really inaccurate. And that is a pet peeve for me. I hate that shit. Like, when the opening scene is like them at band practice and they're not playing live wire, they're playing Kickstart My Heart, which came out 20 years later or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? I heard, I heard there were those kind of anomalies and, you know, incorrect, like, historical uh, Yeah, Inaccuracies. Inaccuracies, thanks. Yeah. As soon as I hear that, I'm like, fuck, I don't want to see that. <laughs> totally. You know,
1: and as a fan of the band, I kind of I felt the same way as I'm watching it. Like, it was, eh, it was all right. You know, it was
0: okay. Yeah, and the, the first couple of records by Molly Crew are awesome. Oh, dude. I the, love them. That, so. The debut was awesome. Yeah. 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 It's a killer record. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw the original copy with Sticky Guns and, you know, because, I mean, I'm from Southern California, so it's like, right. it's, I'm not I'm not dissing that scene. I mean, I, I liked a lot of those bands, you know, even the, the earlier ones I was really into. I used to, Sneak out of my parents' house to go see those shows too. Mm-hmm.
1: Speaking of sneaking uh, out of the and, house. <laughs> and, and,
0: yeah. And then when I got uh, older I, me and my best friend Jamie, we used to, we used to go to, uh, to LA all the time to like Country Club and stuff to see all those early LA you know yeah. bands and sometimes you know, go to those shows. Um and I love that stuff. But yeah, I can't deal with like inaccuracies like that. Yeah. So I didn't see it and I but I heard it was pretty bad.
1: Yeah. It was okay. It wasn't uh, wasn't anything to write home about. Um, Joey, thank you again for uh, for taking the time here to join us. A couple more questions, and I'll uh, I'll let you go. Uh, What are your thoughts on legalized marijuana? Just came to Canada last year, last October.
0: I mean, I think it's great. Mm -hmm. I think there's. I don't see a downside. No, me neither. It's amazing that it was decreed. Or how long has alcohol been, you know, legal and you know, all the damage that it's done and how it's really a problem, especially when it has so many applications, you know, have. Totally. I mean.
1: Textiles, CBD oil. Yeah, and
0: and, God, I mean, you know, I use a CBD oil to help me sleep and, um, you you know, for anxiety and stuff, of course. I mean, in fact, this shit is a miracle. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, MMA fighters will use it after they get in a
1: massive fight, you know, just to kind of recoup their body quicker getting the shit kicked out of them and cbd oil comes in wearing a freaking cape
0: yeah no pun intended so many yeah so many of these drugs uh that have been demonized have been demonized while like synthetic versions of drugs or or other you know pharmaceutical lobbied drugs and, and and promoted drugs are are you know be I mean humans get it wrong over and over again there's there's <laughs> yeah. there's, there's micro dosing technique happening with yes. hallucinogens that are doing massive things that could if people could let go of their bullshit politicians in particular and people uninformed could let go of their their prejudice you know uh we could be making leaps and downs and you know I don't know to, to me it's just all kind of comedy it's, it's ridiculous you know yeah. When, when it comes to weed, it's like, really? We're still talking about that? Yeah, totally it's about rude. fucking time. It's yeah. about fucking time. Totally, 100%. All right,
1: this will be, I think it could be your toughest. Maybe maybe not. Maybe it'll be an easy answer. But um, can you nail down
0: one career highlight? Ooh. Uh, okay, well, I mentioned the country club in um, Sherman Oaks, yep. Los Angeles. Yeah the first time I played there, I went to so many shows there. There were Mugwamp shows there, which were, like, kind of mid-80s, like, hardcore and punk shows. Mm -hmm. Before that, a lot of metal shows. That was, like, that's the club in Boogie Nights, where uh, the main guy first meets Burt Reynolds' character, the producer, you know, Marky Wahlberg guy and Burt Reynolds' meet. That little venue. Like, I saw so many shows there when I was a little kid, and, it was such a cool place when I finally got to play there. That's usually the highlight stuff. This first time I played Hollywood Palladium, you know, places that I went a lot when I was a kid, and you get to a point in your band where you got to play them. Right. But you know, the, the Country Club thing. Playing was, this, yeah,
1: playing this venue. I'm on the stage. Yeah.
0: How is this fucking stage so small? That's awesome. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens. You know, you walk out and you go, what? Yeah.
2: This
0: is fucking lame. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, but but no, but that's that that would be it for, my, for me. That that was like you know pretty early on in the band's yeah. career, but yeah. when we did that. That was that was very cool. That's cool,
1: Joey. Uh, thank you again for taking the time here to join us. Uh, your band is very yeah. easy to find online uh, at Lagwagon. is pretty straightforward. Uh, and again, of course, your show in Vancouver. We're all stoked for that at the Rickshaw Theater September twenty eighth with Face to Face. We'll see you there, and we'll see you online. Okay, man. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast.